This piece was requested by my Patreon sponsor Eslam. I haven't played much Spanish music, but it's great to have it represented on the channel. So it's basically blossomed into a national romantic style in the late 19th century. The same way we have Scandinavian romantic music with Grieg and Sibelius and Stenhammer, or Central European romantic music with Dvorak and Smetana, and even the French school of Ravel and Debussy developed around this time. For Spanish piano music, there are three names that's good to know about that were active roughly around the same time. And it's Isaac Albenes, Manuel de Falla and Enrique Granados. In this video we look at the most famous movement from Granado's collection Goyescas. The title is a reference to Goya the artist, like things in the manner of Goya, and Granados wrote this in a letter about the inspiration. I have concentrated my entire personality in Goyescas. I fell in love with the psychology of Goya and his palette. That rosy whiteness of the cheeks contrasted with lace and black velvet, those supple-waisted figures with pearl and jasmine-like hands resting on black tissue have dazzled me. Two of the seven movements in the suite are inspired by specific paintings that have the same title, and the others are just in the same kind of universe. The suite has the subtitle Los Majos Enamorados, the young people in love, which runs as a theme throughout the movements. But as with Goya's art, there is a dose of ugliness and death present, which somehow makes the life and love burn more intense. Especially in big number five, El Amor y la Muerte, the love and the death. Number four is called Cuejas, which is complaint or lament, or La Maja y el Ruiseñor, which is the maiden and the nightingale. The maiden, Maja, is a common motif in Goya, and the nightingale can be seen as a symbol for romantic love. And it enters the conversation towards the end of the piece with a full cadenza. But generally, it's the maiden who sings about sorrows of love. The tempo marking is Andante Malincolico, and apparently Granados instructed the performer to play it with the jealousy of a wife and not the sadness of a widow. So the piece is dedicated to his wife, but at the time of writing, he was also having an affair. I mean, you shouldn't have prejudice against the people, but come on, Spanish people, you're not making it easy on us. Anyway, regardless of any circumstances, the music transcends it when it's filled with aching beauty and passion like this. So let's get into it. So it starts with a cuejas, a lamento part. It's actually classical four-part writing, but with a lot of dissonances and suspensions in a, like a Spanish style in the melody and in the inner voices and with some ornaments, so like this. And it's a little bit hard to understand at first, like where is it going, uh, what's going on? And the answer in a way is like that it's not really going anywhere. It keeps getting back to the C-sharp 7 as a dominant, like it starts some ideas on motion, but then it always returns there. So like the next phrase. 
just ends there on the dominant and then start a new phrase. The same again, going back here and a new. And like it just keeps floating like this, very unclear. And that's the, the idea of the music. Uh, it's basically one long preamble to the entry of the main melody, which comes a bit later. Uh, so a lot of the C-sharp 7, uh, it modulates to A major uh, in the middle of it for a brief time, but quite shortly go back to C-sharp major as a dominant again. And then we get the melody entry. So let's play all of that in one go. So we have this really lovely gripping melody, almost like a Spanish nocturne with a left hand arpeggios and the melody in the right hand. And of course, appoggiatoras on the beat here. So this is appoggiatura, dissonance resolving down. And then generally in this section, it's a lot of agogics. So not just a little rubato, a big shift in tempo, axelando and rallentando and menomoso and sudden fast shift between them. And that's all again the point of the music. It is very emotional music. This expression is more important than to keep a steady beat. So the meter is almost in suspense some of the time. But that said, it shouldn't be completely disconnected either. You can't just stop all the time it needs to have some connection to flow forward sometimes so it's actually a, a tough balance to strike and if you're playing it need to break down the rhythm first to know what it is and then add the agogics and practice with the agogics a lot so like the first bar here the rhythm is very it's a bit confusing when you look at it but it, if i play it very rhythmically first fast and so on and then you add the subito ritardando basically minimoso here to uh, have time for the quick notes 
some movement there in the end as well. Now, harmonically, we have a really nice uh, movement in the foundation underneath it. It's a circle of fifth. So we go from F sharp minor to B minor to E to A to D to G to C sharp. And then you could go back to F sharp going through the whole scale but instead we get one bar with some more movement but it's basically an extended cadence so go back to B minor here we reach a C sharp 7 as a dominant on the second beat and then we get some extra F sharp pedal and here G sharp is a 2 Two five one G sharp seven C sharp seven with this uh, chromatic uh, passing notes. So uh, nice, uh, yeah. Like it needs an extra time here, even if it doesn't say here. You need extra time here as well. And then we get the melody again. Now it's an octave higher. Molto Fantasia, I love that marking, so all the time in the world you can take here, I think. And these trills, so I think you can hear a bit differently, you can either trill on the top note only. Or you can, um, I think someone, uh, you can hear a double trill. But it's very, very hard to play. So I do like um, a compromise uh, middle version. I trill with the top note, but I play the third like that. I think you, you get um, that's like uh, you get most effect for the less work <laughs> with that uh, that variant. Because I think it sounds nice. It goes on like this all the time, back and forward. So I'm going to play these two me melody entries in one go. After this kind of big outburst, we get one bar with some trills like this.
So maybe that's the nightingale that makes an appearance. And especially the next trill, it feels like. It's a nightingale starting to sing a bit. Uh, but anyway, this is like a one bar new material. And then we get back to the main melody again. So sensual. Yeah, and so on. It's kind of the same type of motif and ideas, but in new things happening, like in a new setting all the time. So this is the third melodic entry, and we get it a total of five times through the piece, one after each other here. Not very long, uh, like short mini episodes. So the third and fourth time it's in B minor, fourth time... Like a new direction here, immediately. Even so, it's uh, the same kind of circle of fifth going on there. But uh, anyway, the next time, the fifth time, it's a really cool texture. Now we're back to F sharp minor. And we get the melody in the left-hand tenor register. So really nice, but also accompanying voices above it. And here you really feel like a wizard playing, uh, because you need to have the hands like crossing each other over and under, and it's a very sensual way of playing. so on. Anyway, let's go back and I'll play these three entries in one go so we get some context. And this leads to what feels like a musical conclusion in the piece. So it's one bar of C-sharp 7. And then we get, it's like another type of lament with uh, nocturne arpeggios in the left hand and clear melody. And 
not as much things going on, not so busy as it is before, so more accepting in a way. Sounds like this. oscillating between F sharp major and some dominant function chord and like uh, returning to the F sharp major, repeating this two bar entry several times and also typical Spanish type of ornaments with some spicy neighbor notes and also this chord. So like a G7 over F sharp, just sounds Spanish in a way. These ornaments, again some kind of Phrygian feel with the F sharp major but but these notes, that's not part of F sharp major but rather F sharp minor, F sharp Phrygian minor. I think if you mix that with a major that's like a Spanish, <laughs> Spanish idea. Something similar here. This suspension is just the uh, sharp five as a augmented um, D to the C sharp. Yeah, so it goes like this. Let's play all of that in one go. Now we're through the main part of the piece and what comes here feels very much like tying together some things. So we get a reprise of the lamento part from the beginning that's a bit slower and more restrained in a way. But it's a shorter section so it goes like this. So it's the same for two bars but then it's like this is like the seed version that gives rise to everything else because it's more compact here. We get this circular fifth motion here. Uh, that's a very pure version of it. And continuing. And here it feels like it's uh, there's some secret that is revealed here because it's very tender and every chord matters and you go through this, it's the same circular fifth motion. Until the cadence 
and a surprise flip to the major. So that's a Picardy cadence. Uh, we're in F sharp minor, but we do a cadence flipping to F sharp major. This would be the tonal minor cadence, but instead. That's the surprise. So we've been to F sharp major in the, the what I call the conclusion part. So we've been through those areas as well. But this F sharp major sets up the next part, which is the coda. And here the nightingale enters this famous cadenza for the last page. And it's very surprising musically. Not, it doesn't feel very much connected to the rest of the piece. So it's very refreshing in a way. So. So, Birdsong on Piano, this is a very good example of it. I mean, Messiaen is master of uh, creating Birdsong on the piano. That's uh, uh, completely atonal. Uh, this is tonal, but yeah, the trick is like quick arpeggios and trills, basically. Now switching the trill note. That's just a seven chord. <laughs> and now here is really nice. And after this, we get real dialogue between the maiden and the nightingale, like the title. Um, promises us. So these chords, it's like the lamenting chords of the maiden. Very much like a question I feel here. And then a final uh, nightingale. And some sort of acceptance as in a major chord in the end. And that's Granado's Maiden and the Nightingale. Thanks for watching Sonata Secrets. I'll see you in another video.